You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressingcrest.org. Well, good morning or afternoon or evening, regardless of when you are listening to this podcast. You have reached once again Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, which is a podcast associated with the Preston Crest Church of Christ here in North Dallas. Hopefully you're having a great day and great week and that you and your family are staying well and that your life is beginning to slowly get somewhat back to normal. We are going to have our second episode today in a series of episodes that we have devoted this month to baptism. This is a new podcast, and for the first about six episodes, we talked about some issues that are being discussed in our world and in our society today. But for this month, we're focusing on one of the greatest doctrinal teachings of the New Testament, and that is obviously the teaching of baptism, how we come into a covenant relationship with God. Last week in the first episode, I gave a very brief overview of baptism and kind of some false perceptions out there about what baptism is for or what it does or doesn't do in our lives. But for the next three episodes, we're going to hear from some preachers who have interesting stories with baptism and interesting experiences with baptism. And I've asked a a good friend of mine in Norman, Oklahoma, Boo Scott, who serves the West Side Church of Christ there in Norman, right by the Oklahoma campus, to come and talk with us about his journey uh, to baptism. It has a wonderful journey and one that I think we will all be blessed by hearing about today. Boo, we are glad to have you with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I said a little bit about you already, but Boo, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your family and uh, your ministry background, all that good stuff. Yeah, um, my ministry background is basically I've been here for uh, January 1st of 2021. We'll we'll be starting our 12th year here at Westside. So we've been here for a while. And before Westside, I wasn't in full ministry. Uh, I went to... Freed Hardeman and studied graphic design and planned on being a graphic designer, but ended up doing some odd end jobs and then got an opportunity to be in ministry and took that opportunity. And while at Freed, met my wife, Amanda, and we have three little kids, or they're not so little anymore, I guess, but uh, a daughter and two boys. And we have uh, I grew up in Tennessee, and then we, once we graduated from college, we moved to Texas, and then from Texas to Oklahoma, and so we've been here for almost 12 years now. Right in the back door of the Sooners. 
<laughs> right. We are literally in the heart of Sooner country. Yeah. Yes. And you lead a ministry, is it called Sooners for Christ? Is that correct? Sooner Servants. Sooner is Servants. The, Sooner, Sooner Servants. Servants is the name of the ministry. And uh, yeah, we've been working with college kids and still do. And um, I was converted in college and so pretty passionate about this age, this age group. Okay. And people on the OU campus, they need a lot of Jesus, don't they? Up there at OU. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say what? It gets it gets harder and harder every year. Okay. And right. I think the campus the campus gets uh, further and further out there every year. We were just talking about that yesterday and yeah, it's a challenge for sure. Absolutely. And you were converted on a Christian or not well, was it a Christian campus where you, you were converted? No. Uh, I I grew up in Tennessee and um, we church hopped when I was a kid. Uh, I lived with my mom. My parents were divorced when I was young, way before I remember. And um, and then my mom married my stepdad, and we moved to Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, we church hopped for a little while. I, I went to Presbyterian Church, Methodist Church, uh, and you know we went on holidays basically is when we went Mm -hmm. and and then you know throughout middle school and whatnot uh my mom mom's relationship with her husband fell apart and and she moved away and and we ended up living with my ex-stepdad's parents and when i say we i have one older brother and so we ended up just staying in mount pleasant tennessee and and living with them and it was a huge blessing to us we loved them and and they loved us and they basically became our parents and, mm-hmm. and raised us for for most of our teenage years and um and then as a teenager i got involved in the baptist church in my probably my sophomore year of high school through my junior year of high school i was very involved in the baptist church and sort of my story with that is is you know, I remember my brother and I were involved in this small town country Baptist church, and and I really didn't know the Bible. I never studied the Bible extensively. Uh, you know, you grow up in small town Tennessee, you're just supposed to be a Christian. Sure. And so that's what you do. Sure. And so I learned a lot at that Baptist church, and I found a family that I loved, a small town community that, that accepted me and that that it was a great church and, and um, loved them dearly. But when it was time for me to decide whether to be saved or not, I remember it was kind of a, uh, a moment in which my brother and I wanted to, do, we wanted to do it at the same time. And so there was, you know, kind of an offer, an invitation offered in some sense. And we went forward the same day to be saved. And I remember the congregation voting on us and you know, as a teenager, I didn't understand that, but we went forward to accept Jesus into our hearts, mm-hmm. and that's what we did. And then the congregation voted on us, yay or nay, and obviously nobody voted nay, <laughs> you know. And I thought, I had this strange feeling of, of um, why are y'all voting on whether I can be in the church or not? Yeah. And so yeah. even as a teenager who didn't understand a lot, uh, it, it kind of, it kind of threw me sideways, but okay. uh, so we were we were voted in to the church that day, and then baptismal Sunday was two weeks later, and so we were going to go to a bigger Baptist church mm-hmm. uh, for this baptismal 
ceremony. And uh, there were people from all sorts of different little congregations coming to be baptized on that Sunday. And I remember, I remember that Sunday well. Um, my brother and I were getting baptized and we went up to get baptized, swimming trunks only, no t-shirt, you know. I'm, a scrawny, I'm this scrawny little <laughs> teenage boy. There's girls from my high school there. I'm just nervous as I'll get out, you know. But, but hey, I, I was all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we were baptized and it, it, was, it was great. You know, we were feeling good and, and happy about what was going on. And then the ceremony was over, the service was over. We go out into the parking lot and my mom had drove into town to see us baptized, but she couldn't find the church. Mm. And so she got there late and she was out in the parking lot crying because she missed it. And uh, the pastor was like, oh, no big deal. We'll go do it again. (laughs) And so uh, (laughs) my brother and I kind of looked at each other like, what? Are we gonna do this again? And it's like no big deal, you know. It's it's an outward sign of an inward faith, sure. and that's that's the whole idea behind it. So why not do it again? What's the big deal? Right. And so my grandparents, my ex stepdad's parents, who I call my grandparents, uh, and my mom went back into that building, and that pastor baptized me and my brother once again, so that my mom could watch. And to me, that was sort of a uh, shocking moment of I, I have no clue what I'm doing like, I, have no, <laughs> I have no reason why I'm doing what I'm doing well further down the road um, I just kind of I kind of gave up on God mm-hmm. you know there's just too many too many voices too many interpretations too many opinions too many divisions um I, so when I kind of got into my senior year, uh, I, I kind of I quit going to that church. I, uh, especially my freshman year of college, I moved down to Florence, Alabama, and went to the University of North Alabama because my mom was living down there, and I could live in her house for free. Okay, and I really went down a dark path. I did not didn't care about God. Didn't really want anything to do with the church in any aspect I uh, thought it was all a bunch of baloney and uh, and moved down there and just really didn't like it didn't feel good about being there didn't like the college and just lonely I was isolated I was living in a lake house I didn't know a single person there I had one friend at that college from high school and just really didn't like it um, so I came back home and went to community college mm-hmm. and moved back in with my grandparents and went to community college. And so during the summers, I was working odd-end jobs. And one of the odd-end jobs I was working was painting schools. I worked for the public school system painting schools. And uh, one of the guys working with me was my old friend from high school named Caleb Kersey. And his dad uh, is named Randy Kersey. And Randy was my FFA advisor all four years of high school. And I loved FFA, very involved in FFA, mm-hmm. and uh, good friends with this family. And so uh, while we're painting schools one summer, uh, Caleb engages me in a conversation. And I don't really, 
remember exactly how that conversation started, but I do remember he asked me about a Bible verse, and he basically said, Boo, what do you, what do you think about this Bible verse? And I thought, <laughs> I remember thinking like, I don't have any thoughts on it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't care really. Yeah. Um, and then I asked him where another Bible verse was. I said, Hey, where's this verse? And he said, I don't think that verse is in the Bible. And I was like, No, nah, I know it is because I've heard it my whole life. Uh-huh. You know. And lo and behold, I went looking for it. Because I was like, oh, I sound like a doofus. I sound like an idiot asking where that Bible verse is. I couldn't find the verse anywhere. And I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what I said, but I remember it led me to a point of of um, thinking, I don't have a clue what I've been taught. Wow. Or, or I don't have a clue, like, what's true and what's not. Sure. And uh, I've always been a guy that likes to investigate and and, and know what you know, what's behind the curtain and what truth is and things like that. So anyways, um, Caleb kept engaging me in these conversations. And uh, eventually that led to uh, him and his dad inviting me and my brother to dinner at their house. Sit down around their table. Let's have a big dinner. We knew their family well, love their family. And so, you know, we're excited. We know that it's going to involve Bible study. And we get there, and I mean, one dinner table discussion, and Randy Kersey lays it all out. Mm. I mean, he's he he's super kind, super loving. Uh, we have a good enough relationship; he can he can do that. And um, you know, he goes to Acts chapter two and talking about things I'd never heard before. Uh, he goes to Mark sixteen and saying these verses. I'm like, what? You know, the Bible says that. First uh, Peter three twenty one. I'm like the Bible says that baptism now saves you. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, uh, and, and we're just talking about baptism and salvation in general, mm. and talking about the church. And so, all this is laid out there for me. And my brother and I were both there, and um, I remember leaving that night just thinking, man, alive! Like, why has nobody told me this stuff before? You know why am why why has nobody explained this to me like this before? Even in the churches I've been involved in, why have we not studied the Bible in this manner before? I sure. I didn't know the Bible. I had no no idea that the Apostle Paul's name used to be Saul. You know. Um, so, anyways, I pondered that Bible study for a while, and uh, that summer. Uh, probably a month after that I kept studying and kept having conversations and that summer I started attending the Main Street Church of Christ in Mount Pleasant Tennessee and went forward one evening and was baptized into Christ and I remember it was unlike anything that I'd experienced before Mm. um and I, it, my, I was so just overwhelmed with emotion, like <laughs> my scalp was shaking. <laughs> I was just, I was just jittery and excited, and finally felt like I knew what was true and what was right, and at least I was, I was on a path that I could at least start knowing and then truly getting to know Christ. And man, after that, 
my whole life changed. Everything sounds changed. like it. Sounds like it. That is a tremendous story, Boo, and uh, that's one of the main reasons I wanted you to come on today for this episode is because everyone has a different journey uh, to baptism. No two journeys look exactly the same uh, for children and teenagers who grow up in quote-unquote Christian families, particularly within Churches of Christ. Uh, There are a lot of similar experiences, but even then, they all look a little bit different, and I think... You know, as you, you're describing your story and growing up in a family, which is very common, by the way, for people listening, growing up in a family that church hops and then uh, dealing with a divorce, a broken family, and then finding people who invest in you that you trust, and then you've, you know, followed what they've taught you, and then one day you start questioning, well, why do I believe this? Uh, and I love love your story there about you know saying well your mom missed it come on back in the building we'll just do it again yeah. uh, and and you realizing then even at a young age there's something about this that's just not not adding up um and i've heard you speak and i've sat in your classes and i've read things that you've written you are a very good student and investigator of of truth and so i really appreciate everything you're saying and appreciate your story and so i want to ask you just a few questions you've already answered a few of them there in in your story but what had you heard about baptism before you came across this other family that taught you you know more fully about baptism what did you what did you heard about it before that happened uh yeah not a lot i mean it's just not emphasized that much outside of of uh, you know the the people I the people I've been around just really never really talked about it, so I hadn't thought about it that much. Mm-hmm. But what I what I had been taught on it was that it was extremely important, but not essential. Okay. And there there was an emphasis on, you know, you're not saved by baptism, and um, you know the outward sign of an, an inward reality is is the going mm-hmm. is the going phrase that that was used and is still used to some extent i believe from things i read i know it is um but yeah you know just growing up it's it's like you you're taught that baptism isn't a part of salvation that it's just some sort of ritual but to me even even again like if somebody told me like hey it's important but it's not essential that kind of a it was kind of a contradicting statement to me how can something be that important especially something that bizarre i mean what a bizarre act to be buried to go underwater and come up again how can something that bizarre be important and why is it important if it's not essential yeah you know yeah and so that's what i was taught and that's kind of that was my thinking on it too and i thought you're saved by by asking jesus into your heart so I don't know how many times I laid in bed as a kid and asked Jesus into my heart because I'd screwed up once again, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like taking spiritual Tylenol over and over again, mm-hmm. trying to cure that pain. And, uh, you know, after I was baptized into Christ as a 19-year-old, I don't think I've ever laid in bed once again and 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 doubted my salvation. Amen to that. Amen yeah. to that. I love your phrase there. How can something that's important not be essential? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, that's certainly true with 
religious matters, but I mean, we, we can think of other examples in the secular world, regardless of, of what it is. I mean, this is so elementary and so basic, but if you're going to bake a cake or something of that nature, you know, well, you can say the same thing about eggs or sugar. Well, you can bake right. a cake without eggs or sugar, and it's not going to taste good at all. And someone can say, well, the eggs are important, but they're not essential. Well, not if you want to have a good cake. They're kind of essential. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, right. Uh, you know, that that is a great line of reasoning. It's so simple, yet so profound. If God asks us to do something, how do we start choosing the things that qualify as quote-unquote important and then the things that qualify as quote-unquote essential? It would seem like whatever he would tell us would be essential for his people. Um, right. So you've told us a little bit about what you had heard and seen and experienced that you didn't like. And again, that I know I mentioned that story of showing up <laughs> with just a swimsuit, no shirt, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking to myself, you're telling that story. Did you have a snorkel with you? Some sunscreen? You know? <laughs> Should have. Yeah. <laughs> what, did did a cannonball. Like? Yeah. <laughs> um, but when you, you came around to reconsidering baptism and studying baptism again, did you have any hesitations about baptism? Uh, no. I mean, not when I decided to... For me, it really wasn't even about baptism. It's, it's about salvation. I mean, it's about being in Christ. It's about being a member of the church. Like, um, the things I had done before, and, you know, I've studied with tons of college kids who've been baptized before and, and feel as though their baptism was legitimate and, and things like that and and do have hesitation about being rebaptized. That was never me. Uh, I, I, I had too many restless, lonely nights. I, 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 I've done enough. I mean, I've, I've gone down enough dark pathways in my life and, and done some really bad stuff that, uh, I, I could not, not submit to Christ. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I need every ounce of grace that he can give me, even to this day, you know. And man, if he asked me to be baptized for the remission of my sins, and if, if I see people doing that throughout the book of Acts immediately when they're called, then that's what I'm gonna do. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a question of whether my baptism was legitimate then or not. It, it's, uh, this is what I know this is what I'm going to do to submit. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it, it's, uh, it, it, I never thought twice about it. Right. And that is so key to tie this back into submission. Really all scriptural teachings can be tied back to that same principle. Are you going to submit or not? Are, are you going to submit in the way that you love your neighbor? Are you going to submit in the way that you love your spouse, raise your children, uh, serve the church. It's all a matter of submitting to the rule and reign of God uh, in your life, and so I think that is a excellent point. So you've mentioned this this guy named Caleb, who sounds like he was an excellent friend to you, and a mm -hmm. family that was a real mission minded family that taught you more fully. Um, and maybe you said this in the beginning, but I want to ask you the same question again. Can you kind of remember the defining moment when you knew, okay, 
baptism is going to be a part of my life? Uh, yeah, I think it was at that dinner table. Uh, I think even though I, I waited, I, I think I'd just been burnt so many times and, and had so many questions unanswered. That's why I waited. That's mm-hmm. why it wasn't an immediate response. Let's go tonight. You know, I remember Randy Kersey, his dad, offering, hey, we can go to the building right now and and you can be baptized. And I remember just being like, hold up, like, mm-hmm. this is a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's all new. Let me chew on it a little while. But I remember thinking at that table, like, this is definitely going to be a part of my future. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody had ever sat down and really studied the Bible with me, mm-hmm. even though I'd gone to church. I mean, I went to the, the small Baptist church for probably a year, year and a half, solidly. And I never really studied the Bible that I remember. Right. And so just studying the Bible was such a huge um, factor for me. Mm-hmm. For somebody to sit down and me bring my Bible and they say, hey, open it up, read that verse. Boo, what do you think that verse is saying? And you can't help but say <laughs> exactly what the verse is yeah. saying. I mean, you, you sound like an idiot if you try and say something else. Uh, and so I'm sitting there thinking like, and this is this is this is it right right this is it and it's still it i mean as much as i question things and as much as i battle uh it's baptism is one of those things like it's it like Mm -hmm. it it's it is essential and it's not just some important thing like and I can't get around it. Hmm. Anytime I teach somebody, anytime I talk to somebody, I just met with a young lady. My wife and I met with a young couple the other day and their big hang up is, is baptism. And it's just that thing of like, I don't know how people get around it. Hmm. And for me, it was that moment at that table, like how do I get around this? Right. It's just so uh, amazing to see this, this, yeah, the way that it's laid out. Well, what you're describing there is, I think, some, something that we struggle with in the church is remembering, okay, when Jesus tells us to make disciples, um, he tells us to teach people. And as important as it is to make disciples through feeding the hungry and painting houses and doing good acts of service. I mean, those things are vitally important, and Jesus mentions that in Matthew 25. That's going to be part of the conversation on the Day of Judgment. Did you feed the hungry and clothe the naked and give the thirsty something to drink? But doctrinal teaching that describes covenant relationship and forgiveness of sins, that is communicated through Scripture, through opening the Bible. And that's why Paul tells us in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Right. Uh, You can't just go out to the mountains for the week or watch a sunset in the ocean and come to an understanding of baptism. There has to be some scriptural teaching, and I'm so thankful for that uh, family that you mentioned that, that opened the Bible with you at their dinner table in their home. I mean, that oh, yeah. that's the best place to do it. That's what Paul I does agree. with Aquila and Priscilla is, or not right. Paul, but Aquila and Priscilla, that's what they do with Apollos. They bring Apollos right. into their home. Not there at the synagogue when everyone's watching, but in their home. Um, and we've gotten away from that in the church. We think that we can make disciples just by handing out groceries or painting houses. 
and uh, we make disciples by teaching them the truth of Scripture. So yeah. I'm so thankful that, that you brought that up. Okay, so here's my next question for you. Um, in the first episode on baptism, I talked about that baptism is a clear part of not only the salvation process, but the discipleship process. And so many people think that, okay, I've been baptized, or now I've seen my loved one be baptized, so now my journey's over. And that's why people Mm -hmm. leave the church, is they think they've done everything they need to do. So that's clearly not a teaching of Scripture. We are supposed to walk in newness of life after the baptism takes place, according to Romans 6, verse 5. So how has baptism changed your life, Boo? How has it changed my life? Man, it's changed every aspect of my life. I, I should say Christ has changed every aspect of my life. Being in Christ through baptism has changed every aspect of my life. I, uh, my friend that, that studied with me, he was going to Freed Hardman University, and he said, Boo, uh, you know, I still go to the community college. And he said, hey, you should check out Freed. And I thought it was, I seriously thought it was an Ivy League school because of the cost of it. <laughs> And I was like, well, I can't get into an Ivy League school. He was our valedictorian, so I thought he got in. And, you know, I was like 15th in my class. And I was like, there's no way I can get into that school. Uh, But lo and behold, I applied, got accepted. Um, Man, Freed Hardman uh, changed my life drastically. I had never been around a community of people that were that close, Mm -hmm. that were that unified that that had a common purpose for the most part uh and i coming into a community like that and the church i mean main street church of christ when i was there was just unbelievable the night i was baptized probably 25 people came up and hugged me and i didn't know what was going on and they they invited me to go on a medical mission trip to panama with uh, lam and and that was later on that summer. And I was like, yeah, why not? You know, and I went and that changed my life just to go. I'd never flown out of the country and to go do that. And then I get to Freed Hardman, man, long story short, I'm making all these friends. I'm getting involved in all these, these programs and clubs. And, um, I, I get to travel to various countries and do mission work. And I'm just immersed into Christ and into the community of Christ. And, and I am blown away that this existed and that I had no idea it existed. Mm-hmm. And that I, I, was, I was sad that I hadn't been a part of it for much, much longer. And obviously I met my wife there and we joke cause she's, she's a Jenkins. Right. And so we joke cause she's like the holy child, you know, that comes to Freed Hardeman. <laughs> and here I am the, the ragtag, uh, you know, horrible kid that converted to Christianity and we end up getting together and, and, uh, I mean, (laughs) changed my life is, is an understatement. My life is blessed beyond what I could have ever written down beyond what I could have ever painted, uh, with my kids, man, you know, you don't, you wouldn't trade your kids for nothing in the world. And, and that all led to ministry, which sure. I never, I never had a, a clue that I'd be a minister, never had any intention to be a minister. I was in business because that's what my family does. Sure. And, and so I was going to be a graphic designer and um, start my own business and do things like that. And here I am 
um, you know, been in ministry the majority of my professional life and, and have no, um, I mean, no idea how I got here except for the grace of God. <laughs> like That's a beautiful just, story. That's a beautiful story. Clearly yeah, your life has turned out, turned out much better, um, post-baptism than pre-baptism. But oh, yeah. for, for those listening to this, if you are considering baptism or, you know, or young in the faith or even considering what Christianity is all about, I do think it's necessary to say that sometimes life after baptism gets much harder than it was before. True. And we see that in the life of Jesus. In fact, Jesus experiences 40 days in the wilderness right after he's baptized, the Son of God. He says, I'm going to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And as soon as the baptism's over, we pick up reading in the gospel accounts. He's out in the wilderness for 40 days with no food or water by himself with Satan tempting him uh, from every corner. So, you know, I've seen that happen with many people I've known and studied with. That Things are going pretty well. They decide to get baptized. And within a matter of weeks, temptation comes at them like they've never had right. before. Because Satan feels like he's losing the right. battle. He's, he doesn't want to lose another soul to Christ. So, Boo, you know, 15, how many years has it been, you said, since you've been baptized now? Uh, been 27? No, wait. No, 25. 25, yeah. Okay. So, 25 years past the baptism, um... Surely you've had some bad days in those twenty oh, yeah. years, but yeah. you know how does it how does it change your parenting? How does it change the way oh, you and Amanda formulate your marriage? Spend your time. I mean, what does it do for you twenty five years past the baptistry? Man, Jacob. Uh, well, to speak to your point, not long after I was baptized, uh, being a member of main street there were guys there that i didn't know were members of the church that i went to high school with and uh caleb wasn't one of them but they were guys that all of a sudden i knew they're christians and we're still doing i'm hanging out with them and doing the stuff i did before i was christian mm -hmm. i mean we're still going to strip clubs we're still doing stuff like this and i and i had this sense of whoa like you know, so it's not that Satan just backed off all of a right. sudden. Satan came hard, and it, it's a—it's literally a moment of I have to let go of these friends, mm -hmm. and I did, mm -hmm. and cut ties. And I mean, going to Freed really made a difference. If I'd have stayed home, I, we may be talking about a different story here. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as parenting, you know, twenty plus years later, everything I do. I mean, you know, I grew up in a busted home and therefore I don't want my kids to have to ever go through, uh, you know, some of the, some of the abuse that I saw and that I witnessed and, and the different things that, you know, were terrifying to me as a kid. I, I'm convinced that I will always do my best to, mm -hmm. to help my kids to not have to experience things like that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because of Christ, I'm so much more gracious than I used to be. 
uh, I'm so much more submissive than I used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, Ephesians 5.21 tells us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Like, my reverence for Christ allows me to submit and to serve and to lay down my life mm-hmm. for those around me, especially my family, mm-hmm. uh, because of Christ. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to know how good it is to be saved unless you know what it really is to be lost. Oh, that's a good line. Yeah. And and I remember being lost and I remember I remember laying on the ground and just terrified and, and not knowing what to do and uh and God saved me from all of that. Yeah. So. What a beautiful story. Beautiful story. Um we talked about how baptisms kind of changed your life. Uh, maybe from an academic, theologian, investigative side that you have. Yeah. How would you say your understanding of baptism has matured over the years? Oh, it's matured greatly, for sure. Especially uh, being in ministry, you know, you're forced to you're forced to to learn and to read, and uh, if you're going to preach, you you can't go up there and and stick to milk you better you better know your stuff and you better study um and for me obviously baptism at the beginning was here's what the bible says here's what i need to do and it never really was a checklist item for me and i hate when it gets preached like a checklist item sure uh, because it's so much more than that and now my understanding of baptism goes far beyond that and and Yet it's so simple, it's so complex, yeah. you know. And, and now I understand it in such a way of, I, I look throughout the entire biblical uh, story and I see water uh, throughout all of this, th- throughout all of these different accounts. You see it in creation, you see it in the Red Seas, you see it uh, in all of these different accounts. You see Jesus described as the river of life, you know. You go to John 4 and he talks to the woman at the well and he's telling her, you know, you drink from me, you'll never thirst again. And and then you get to the end of the Bible and you, you see rivers flowing out and it bringing life. And it's just this beautiful picture of, of this element of water. Yeah. And, you know, you think about the science behind it, how, how a person is physically birthed involves a lot of blood and a lot of water hmm. and our bodies, they involve a lot of water. It's just, it's so intertwined in creation and, and so beautifully done the way that God has, has, has made us and, 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 you know, created us and how birth happens. And then you get the wonderful story of Jesus talking to Nicodemus and telling him, like, you must be born of water and the spirit. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, am I supposed to go into my mama's womb and be born again? I can't do that. She's, she's dead, you know, and, He's confused, but it's this beautiful picture and this beautiful language of of what is actually happening and what God is doing. It's not what we are doing through baptism. It's what God is doing through baptism. And Romans six lays that out beautifully. And we're you know we are being immersed into Christ and we're raising to walk in newness of life with Him. And it's just this amazing, amazing uh, thing that God has given us and this beautiful ritual ceremony sacrament whatever you want to call it that god has blessed us with to be able to be in his son 
and to be able to be in that river of life who who is Christ and um, for people to belittle that and for people to uh, you know say that it's important but not essential you can't find that anywhere in scripture right and you can't you you can't take something that that is just sprinkled throughout the throughout the entire Bible and where you see pictures of renewal and rebirth and and freedom all through water and and say that this is important but it's not essential it's just it's just an amazing thing and it's yeah. a mysterious thing yeah yeah but it's amazing yeah man that's so well said because this idea of a cleansing of a purification through water you're right it trickles throughout the whole bible and then we get to the new testament and uh you know the death and the burial the resurrection of jesus in the first few days of the church we see this incredible meaning and significance of water take place again uh purifying the people of god and so i'm with you you know when uh when we talk about baptism just being kind of a, a thing to get done on the checklist we miss the whole point yeah uh, it's not just something that, that we do because it's like a rite of passage as we're growing up i mean it is right. our life it is our our meaning our purpose and it activates us that's what we said on the first episode if you're listening to this and haven't listened to episode one we'd encourage you to go back and listen to it baptism's not just about what we're saved from but about what we're saved to it's not just about a rescue from hell it's about activating us into a beautiful christian life with god and so right. uh, boo i really appreciate what you're saying okay last question and then I'll let you go. I know you have to speak somewhere else in Oklahoma tonight. <laughs> yeah. And y'all don't have paved roads up there, so it'll take a little bit longer <laughs> to get there. Um, <laughs> You're take jabs. Yeah, I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what what would you uh, what would you tell yourself of twenty years ago about how baptism was going to relate to your journey? I know you've kind of already answered that in several ways, but just Maybe a couple sentences as we finish. What would you tell yourself of 20 years ago? I'd tell myself, uh, Boo, you have no idea how blessed you're going to be. You have no idea what God can do through you. Uh, and you have no idea like how happy you will become because of Christ mm. and regardless of the circumstances even if things change I always have Christ mm -hmm. and Christ is enough mm. and that's what I would tell myself Christ is enough yeah. absolutely well Boo thank you so much for your time today and for those listening to this if you're ever in the Oklahoma City area on the south side I'd highly encourage you to go visit uh, the west side Church Christ, go see Boo Scott. He works with the college students, but he's also, as you can tell, an excellent teacher and preacher and a very sincere and devoted follower of Christ. I want to close today by the way that we close each episode. First of all, asking you and reminding you to keep your eyes on heaven. And secondly, to remember that along this journey of life, there's going to be road work along the way. But here at Road Talk, we want to help you get ready 
and navigate your journey. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in today and be sure and join us next time.